woke up quick at about noon. Thank you so much for downloading, subscribing. Thank you so much for listening and tuning in here to the Wednesday, first day of July edition of the podcast with Damian Barlin. Presented by Vibe Health Bar, I'm your host, Damian Barlin. Greatly appreciate you being with me uh, here today. Greatly appreciate all the new reviews that have come in over there on Apple Podcasts. Please, please, please uh, keep those coming. The ratings and the reviews go a very long way. You know, the ratings only take a split second. I've described that to you before. If you're new to the show, just go to your Apple Podcast app. Uh, scroll through all of the episodes that we got there on the podcast. Look for the five stars. Uh, hit the fifth one if you think we're worth it. And if you got an extra 60 seconds or so, leave us a review. Some of you have left some really, really creative reviews. Please know uh, that we appreciate it. Uh, before we get started, I want to let you know Jason Jones is going to join us today, by the way. Jason Jones of The Athletic. We'll talk about Kings basketball. We'll talk about the NBA. And that's where we'll lead here uh, in just a moment with some remarks Adam Silver made yesterday. Uh, but I do want to remind you that it's Wednesday which means the newest edition of Relive is available uh, on this very podcast platform that you're listening to this show on. If you're a past or present wrestling fan, I think you'll really dig this documentary-style storytelling-type podcast that I've created over there. It's called Relive. Today's episode features Eddie Guerrero versus Brock Lesnar from No Way Out at the Cow Palace in San Francisco in 2004 so go give that a listen we've got some exciting episodes already in the bank uh, the first episode featuring the rock versus stone cold steve austin cm punk and john cena is in there episode number three which focuses on a very tumultuous time in the world wrestling federation back in 19 man we were like 93 94 the lex express wrestlemania 10 uh, really, really good stuff. Go check that out. Next week's episode, I'm already excited for. If you're a Patreon subscriber, you've already heard it. Patreon.com slash Damien Barling. If you want to support uh, this podcast, if you want extra content, uh, again, Patreon.com slash Damien Barling. But next week's episode features the heel turn of Hulk Hogan, the Who's the Third Man storyline, and the formation of the New World Order. That was a really, really fun episode uh, to put together so that's going to be available for you next week so go check it out let me know what you think of it again the show is called relive and it's available uh, here on this podcast platform and it doesn't matter which one if it's apple podcast google play if it's radio.com if it's spotify whatever it is uh, relive will be available for you uh, adam silver spoke yesterday at the time 100 talks and he, he, for the first time, he, he started by saying he's, he's pretty confident about the NBA's plan to, to safely resume. But for the first time, he admitted, yeah, I mean, we're not, we're not dumb. Like, if, if, if positive tests are a widespread issue, we're going to shut things down. Uh, he said he was basically asked the question, is, is the NBA going full steam ahead no matter what? His response was, well, we're never full steam ahead no matter what. Uh, one thing we are learning about this virus, uh, as much as its unpredictability, and we and our players together with their union look at all the data on a daily basis. If there was something to change that was outside the scope of what we were playing for, certainly we would revisit our plans. He continues, uh, we are testing daily. We haven't put a precise number on it, but if we were to see a large number of cases and see spread in our community... That would, of course, be a cause to stop as well. I, I you know, Adam, I, it's a tough spot. I mean, I, I don't, I don't know what you do here at this point. We've kind of exhausted this topic. Which, <laughs> it's July first. We're still a month away from games actually being played. Like today is today is July first. How different were things on June first? Remember when the announcements were first being made? Like, oh, the NBA, they're really close to laying out a plan here. Like, we're, we're getting really, really, really close. And there's optimism. There's excitement. There's states going through these phases of reopening, you know, bars and restaurants and, and kind of lifting the, you know, social distance, or not necessarily the social distancing order, but, you know, kind of lifting the stay-at-home edict. And, you know, look, look where we are today. We're back where we were in March. So everything moves so quickly. Where are we going to be in one month when the games are supposed to be start? Hell, we still got six days. Well, I guess it's it's really July 7th is the day teams are supposed to start 
arriving in Orlando. Not everybody's going to be there. It's not like 22 teams are flying into Orlando on July 7th. Uh, so I would say over the course of uh, six, seven, and eight days away, teams will be you know arriving. Sixth, seventh, eighth, and ninth teams will be arriving uh, to Orlando. And it's kind of just a cross your fingers, wait and see. Obviously, nobody can get on that plane uh, who has had a, a, a positive test or, you know, within the certainly last 24 to 48 hours before getting on that plane. They have got to keep that. They have got to keep that metaphorical, metaphorical bubble as pure as possible before any NBA personnel arrives and then work with any, you know, any instances uh, that happened there. Adam Silver also said, I am absolutely convinced that it will be safer on this campus than off this campus because there aren't many situations that I'm aware of where there is mass testing of asymptomatic employees. In some ways, this is maybe a model for how other industries can ultimately open. But I'm only going to say we will be responsible and watch what is happening. Uh, but the biggest indicator will be if we begin to see a spread in our community. So Adam, again, trying to navigate these, uh, these difficult waters and there's already been changes to the NBA's plans. Remember a couple of weeks ago, it was at the beginning of June. We talk about how quickly things change. We read a quote directly from Kevin Harlan, Kevin Harlan, of course, one of the top broadcasters for TNT, uh, that, uh, he said they were going to be calling games from the studio. I remember it very specifically. He said, as, as a matter of fact, I have the quote here, uh, in front of me. He told Richard Deitch this. He's Richard Deitch sports media, uh, reporter. He said, uh, what I've heard from the folks at TNT is we will be in the studios in Atlanta and they will set up as close to possible a broadcast table like we have at courtside. Uh, the one thing I have heard is that not until the conference finals would there be any consideration for broadcasters being in the setting. This might be the first time that an actual broadcaster might be on site doing a conference final. And then, of course, the NBA finals. Apparently, based off something we learned yesterday from the New York Post, that's all changed. Uh, Andrew Marchant reported yesterday that uh, Marv Albert uh, will not be calling games for NBA on TNT because... He's not going to the bubble. And other broadcasters, I guess now, are. Again, we talk about how quickly things change. Uh, Marv Albert said, I had second thoughts. Um, he talked to the head of TNT Sports and, quote, he said to me, maybe this is something you should skip uh, in my age bracket. And uh I'd like to point out 79 is the new 78. So Marv trying to keep his sense of humor, but he's not going to Orlando. And so there's going to be, it's going to be interesting too. I, I wonder now with this revelation, because again, this isn't what we were told a month ago, or at least this isn't what the broadcasters thought a month ago. I would think if anybody was in the know, it was probably going to be Kevin Harlan. He's one of TNT's top broadcasters. Uh, I would think he would, he would be in the know and either he wasn't, or plans change, pal. And and here we are with so it it I'm this is an interesting look here. Because you're also now asking these broadcasters to come in and you know, much like much like the NBA teams, the, the broadcasting crews will will shorten. Right? Because we're only talking about nationally televised games it's not like you know the king's broadcasters are going to be there and the pelicans broadcasters are going to be there and the grizzlies broadcasters are going to be there that's not going to happen but we're talking about nationally televised games so the further we get into the playoffs the less matchups that they'll be i also wonder you know people have made the comparison man this is going to feel like summer league with coaches in polos and you know a small gym with no one in it, but this it this is gonna feel like uh this is gonna feel like summer league. Now it could feel even more like a summer league if we start having situations where announcers are 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 doubling up and having to call multiple games uh in one day, or if we're looking at situations where announcers from ESPN are potentially calling games on TNT. I know that I know that this is I know that this is like small 
in the spectrum of everything's going on. I just, I'm fascinated by it. It's it's interesting to think about because because now you got to start looking at you start thinking about broadcasters like Mike Breen, Jeff Van Gundy, Doris Burke, like they'll they'll all be there. Uh, Mark Jackson, he he's, is he going to be in the bubble? Uh, Chris Weber, like who's like what who who are the teams? I assume Kevin Harlan is going to be there. Kevin Harlan assumed he wasn't going to be there, but apparently he is. I don't know. Well, again, I know this isn't, you know, super pressing stuff. I just found it interesting. Just points out how quickly stuff changes. Um, and all of the, like, Kings broadcast, obviously, you know, Gene Mann's on the call with Doug Christie. That's going to be done remotely. That'll be done, I assume, from the NBC Sports Studio in San Francisco. Again, just an assumption on my part. It may very well be done here in Sacramento, but I would think they would do it uh, from the NBC studio in Sacramento or in San Francisco, excuse me. And I'm wondering if they do, I, I, I guess they, I guess it's just a normal game, right? Pre and post the whole deal, uh, halftime shows with, I guess, Jim Cozumore. It's, I know we, we, you know, they try to frame this as like, we're, we're just gonna, you know, finish up the regular season. And it's just, I'm curious to see if they can actually do that. Like just treat it as, as if it's just the regular season and just it's it's a regular basketball game. Nothing to see here, folks. We're just calling it remotely. No big deal here. I don't know, man. This is it's a long way away. <laughs> it's July 29th before the first game is actually played. Think of how much. Let's say we get through the next six to eight days, right? And all 22 teams and their personnel get to Orlando. Now we're talking July 7th to July 1st, or, or, or we'll fast forward a little bit. Cause once you get there, once the teams get there, they basically have to stay in their room for, I think it's a period of time of 36 hours. They have to stay put in their room. So let's say things at the bubble stop, start to percolate around July 10th. Maybe, maybe even go a little bit further. July 12th. July 12th to July 30th. Normally, it's like, oh, that's not bad. That's cool. In 2020, that's an eternity. Like 20 different things can go wrong from July 12th to July 30th. And, you know, Adam Silver talking about, well, we're going to get positives. We, we're, we're, we're pretty sure we're going to get positives in, inside this bubble. We've got to be able to isolate it. All right, boy, that, that first positive test, I, I, there's going to be a sense of, like, because imagine if it happens on July 15th or 14th. Dude, there is going to be a, uh, there are going to be some serious heart palpitations going on in, inside uh, that NBA league office hotel uh, where, because the, the, the NBA, they're all, the, the NBA league office, they're all staying in one hotel, and I think that's the same hotel that the media is staying at. I'm not sure which one of the, the three hotels it is, but I don't know, man. I guess we'll just uh, we'll just put on our seatbelts and, and see what happens here. We'll talk more about the NBA return when we welcome in uh, Jason Jones coming up here in just a heartbeat. I guess we'll kind of stick with this news. I'm sorry. I was trying to dig out some you know positive stories here uh, to really get us going today. The Denver Nuggets did not have a positive day. They did not have a positive day at all. Uh, they had to shut down their practice facility after two members of the team's 35-member traveling party uh, tested positive for coronavirus. So they have laid out who their traveling party is going to be, as I believe all teams have. Um, but they had two members of that party test positive. Now, it's also worth pointing out that you can be a part of this portion. Like individual workouts, I think, are allowed uh, mandatory individual workouts begin today for NBA teams, meaning unless you've tested positive and you're, you know, isolated or quarantining or whatever, workouts start today. So if you're in town, like it's it's a mandatory workout. It's the closest to a real practice uh, that players are going to have for, you know, over another week, you know, well over another week. Um, but if you're a, part of the team you're allowed into the practice facility right now even if you're not going to Orlando 
well, Denver, uh, in addition to Nikola Jokic, who's not even in Denver right now, they have had uh, two more positive tests. And oh, by the way, Mike Malone has already told us how he fought off coronavirus back in March. So they had to shut down their practice facility. They're going to be evaluating things. They're hoping to get things going uh, up and running again uh, by the end of the week. But again, it just shows you how quickly uh, things can change. Uh, MLB acknowledged. Now, this is, I think this is widespread. This isn't isolated to Major League Baseball, nor the Major League Baseball Players Association. It was just something that was addressed specifically uh, by them because I think it was Brian Cashman that was talking uh, uh, about, uh, you know, the media is going to be left to figure out why a player isn't playing. They're not going to announce. It's not like it's going to say, you know, Aaron Judge. We're used to seeing Aaron Judge out. Aaron Judge out with a back injury. Aaron Judge out with a knee injury. It's not like it's going to say Aaron Judge out COVID-19. So what Brian Cashman said was on a conference call yesterday, the information uh, I've been given will be the, the media will be left to try to figure it out. They'll be left to try to figure out why a player isn't playing and it'll be up to a player to say whether they tested positive for the virus or not. It, I don't like, is there a universal, is there a universal time frame that, positive tests operate out of meaning is there a universal time frame in which a player or, or a person for that matter needs to isolate and uh, you know, kind of quarantine themselves or is it based off of whether you're asymptomatic or symptomatic is it based on the day that your uh, test was taken I think more than anything it's based on the day that your test was taken so once you do that, then, you know, you, you kind of you work back from, backwards from there. Okay, he tested positive two days ago. That means he needs to isolate for how many more days? Seven? Twelve? Does it matter if he's asymptomatic or not? And how quickly, I mean, once, once you find out a player has tested positive, I, I mean, what's the turnaround on these tests also? Is it? Because I know that a lot of the tests that they're doing right now, in the NBA at least, the, the turnaround, it's not that 15-minute turnaround that we've heard, that we've heard there's, there's tests that have the 15-minute turnaround. Those, if, if the NBA has those, those aren't the ones that they're using yet. They're using the ones that have a, you know, they usually find out within 24 hours. So you get... Tested in the morning, and then you know you 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 find out later. You 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 don't go to the facility. You find out later if if you if if it's positive or negative. But I and I know that there are quicker turnaround tests. I know they got all of these drive-through things. They got all of these different things going on. I just don't know that the, if 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 the sports leagues are implementing those or not. Meanwhile, the NFL is just sitting back like, oh, man, like, how, how are we going to do this? In fact, I think, think tomorrow the NFL players and the Players Association, they have, uh, they have a conference call of their own to outline what they expect training camp to look like for them and uh, the, different, uh, the different protocols that are going to be in place for arriving to the facility each day, uh, group workouts, individual workouts, uh, and, and what it's all going to mean when, when virtually every team has reported by July 28th. That's when the Hard Knocks cameras start rolling for the two Los Angeles teams. Weird, weird time, man. Weird, weird time, but I'm happy that, you know, through the course of this uh, pandemic, you guys have continued to hang out and support the podcast. We greatly appreciate that. Let's talk some Kings basketball and welcome in uh, my man, Jason Jones, uh, Sacramento Kings beat writer for The Athletic. Uh, Jason, let's just bring you right into the conversation and start here. Do you think we actually make it to Orlando? I think we make it just because the league has to, you know, so much money on the line. They're going to do all they can to get there. And if you talk, you listen to people around the league, the positive tests that have come up, the way they look at it is more of the idea that 
we want people to test positive now so we can, you know, get them better. So by the time they get to Orlando, they're, you know, they're negative and they're safe. But I don't think there's any good PR around, I mean, around negative, I mean, excuse me, positive tests. I mean, yeah. I think you look at the number and the percentage they, they got, it wasn't a, you know, it wasn't like it was 30%. Mm-hmm. But anything, anything, anything above zero, people were going to be concerned. And it's kind of what you got. My, yeah, my like I thought the number sixteen. I was like, oh, okay, that I I think that's I think that's a win. What I didn't take into account is that you know because I I, I thought along the lines that you did is get get people healthy. If they test positive, they test positive now because they can't test positive on July fifth or sixth because then you got a problem. But I did what what I didn't take into account is like okay, if the number starts at sixteen, you obviously wanted to get lower. What happens if the number starts at 16, but on July 7th, when you go to board those charters, the number is still 16 or it's 15 exactly. or it's 14. It's like, oh, I, I didn't even think of that until I was reading the DeAndre Jordan story yesterday. And I thought, oh, man, maybe the number doesn't go up. But what if it doesn't go down? Yeah, it's, it's, it's a scary thing. And it's one reason why, you know, first I was like, hey, you know, it might be cool to be in the bubble. Not that I was ever going to be in there. I mean, it might be kind of cool. Then you realize you really don't know. I mean, that's the thing about this. We don't know. And, you know, you know, you assume guys like, you know, Alex Lynn, Jabari, you know, buddy, they'll be okay. But then you read, you know, just a couple of days ago, Rudy Gobert saying his lung, he's still having problems with his lung. Mm-hmm. You know, I- so I, it's, I don't know if there's any way to really get around it. I know, I understand the idea that, you know, you can't shut down forever. And and I assume they've talked to experts and they're, you know, got the best doctors and experts to help them with this. But yeah, I, I think for the league's sake, what you can't have is you get down there and a guy, you know, you get one guy on a team that catches the virus and then all of a sudden say, I mean, not, no, I'm not trying to you know, say, nine Lakers or like eight bucks get, you know, yeah. test positive at once down there. Yeah. I mean, you literally, you know, you literally could have a champion decided because some, you know, a team got sick. So to me, there's a whole lot to it, but I know they're, 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 they want to be about the player's health, but we can't act. We can't be silly and act like this is not a, also a money thing on both sides. I mean, not just the uh, ownership, it's the players as well. You know, that, yeah. that, that money pool goes down salaries go down so i think everyone's taking a risk for the money and i can't knock i'm a big believer and i can't tell someone to do what i wouldn't do Mm -hmm. or you know i can't be like you shouldn't go i'm not in that position i don't know what i would do so i'm not going to tell them they should or shouldn't go because i understand why they're taking the risk i just hope it all works out yeah and you know a lot of people say hey skip this year focus on next year and i keep thinking like we don't know that there's going to be a next year like we, we, the, i think that's one of the the problems with that the the nba is facing it the the nfl is going to face it major league baseball is facing it there's no end date to this like it's not like you know if dr fauci had come out in march when this all started and said okay guys let's hunker down let's get through this and by november there's going to be a vaccine that is available for everybody and it's not going to cost $2,000. It's going to be a widespread, completely available vaccine and we're going to be good to go. I think the NFL, I think maybe even the, you know, I think the NBA, maybe even the NFL would have said, okay, let's, let's hold off till December. In the NBA's case, it would have been, well, let's hold off until next season, but we don't know that that's going to happen. Just because they call it the end of the season doesn't necessarily mean come October things are going to be better. I I get why they're going for this. Like, I get why they're at least trying. Yeah, I I don't knock them for trying, you know, but I just think, you know, you look at the NFL, I mean, that's the ultimate contact sweat sport. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, that's why everything I – a lot of things I've, you know, I I talk about say if, you know, assuming – Cause I don't even know, you know, you look at baseball going to 60 games, you know, and I can't knock anybody who said they don't want to participate in this. Yeah, I mean, even right. you know, even in the basketball sense, they've been all four months. They'll be all, it'll be four months. Yeah. We have no clue what these guys look like. And I think one of the things people haven't talked a lot about is that a lot of these guys haven't been near a hoop. Yeah. You know, if you're a young guy, say you're a Justin James, you don't have, you know, 40 million in the bank. You probably have a condo. Right. 
Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I think I think I think Bogey put like a rim in like in the backyard, but you know, but some of these guys, you know, I think there's a guy like I think it might have been Giannis, somebody with a pretty big name who was like, I don't have a rim at home. Yeah. And it's because these guys are so used to, hey, I want to go shoot. You know, let me uh, hit the coaching staff. Someone will go open up and sh- you know, and, and let me shoot. You don't have some of them haven't had that, so this is going to be. I mean, I don't think if it actually happens, I wonder what the games are going to look like. I mean, is it going to be like the All Star level summer league ball? Is it going to be raggedy ball? I mean, are all the you know yeah. Alvin Gentry be there? Who yeah, knows? I think I think that's part of the eight game ramp up. Like, I didn't agree with that. I thought sixteen bring sixteen teams in, start the playoffs, get the season over with as quickly as you can. But I get the idea of. The Lakers, the Clippers, the Bucks, the Celtics, the Raptors, you know, the, these maybe even the, you know, the Rockets or whoever else is in this conversation. They, they want to have a run up and they want to try to get those games that you're talking about right mm-hmm. now out of their system. That way, when the first round of the playoffs get here, you know, maybe we have some semblance of, of, of what NBA basketball looks like. Yeah, and they also want to try to get New Orleans in. Let's not. Be- oh, of course. I mean, oh my gosh. I mean, this is. I mean, I feel bad for Memphis. I was like, everyone's hating on them for being three and a half up. It's like, well, they had the toughest part of their schedule coming up. It's not their fault. And I said, I said they're really a victim of they weren't supposed to be this good. Because mm-hmm. I think if right. say New Orleans is sitting at eight, no one's complaining if they go right to the playoffs. Yeah, you can. You, like, know, you can't. You had a sixty-something game sample size. You can't complain about it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, I mean, this didn't happen after you only played twenty games. Right? You had eighteen games through the Kings. You had eighteen games to go. And I think one thing I did like what Luke Walton said was said back in April. You know what? We would love a chance to to you know to try to make the playoffs, but if it doesn't happen, we're not going to look around and say you know the season was a failure because we didn't you know finish the season. You just know what you could have predicted this was going to happen. I mean, this is not. You know, this wasn't like, you know, all these teams just collapsed at the end of the season. I mean, it's a, it's a global pandemic. Yeah. What do you think happens with the AC? Do you think it's Memphis? I think it's Memphis. Yeah. You know, part of me almost hopes it is because I, you know, I, just me being contrarian, I don't want them to force New Orleans in. Yeah. I don't think, yeah. I don't think that's fair to Memphis. I mean, so we're going to try to set up to make sure they have a chance to get in because, you know, yeah, I know. Uh, you know, TV wise, you would love to have New Orleans and LA in the first round. Mm-hmm. Assuming that the Lakers are go over there and don't fall apart, end up in the third seed or something crazy. Now, if I forget what their lead was, but you know, about they two and a half, and I think. Their, yeah, so I mean, hypothetically, they could flip. Hypothetically, you know, we don't we don't know what these guys look like. You know, their starting center, Javale McGee, has asthma. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, there's just so many different variables with this. You don't. You just don't know. But I think, I think Memphis is a much is a better team. Than they're getting credit for. I think you know of the bunch, New Orleans is probably the most talented. But that group also has probably played the least together. And when play shut down, the Kings were playing better than all of them. So there's just so many different ways, you know, ways it could go. But you also can't say, well, the Kings won 13 of 20 going into this. They're just going to pick up where they left off. They might go over there and lose, go one and seven. We don't yeah. know. Yeah, I mean, and that's the thing. That's that's it's what you said earlier. That, that that's on point. We like we could talk about what the Kings did before the season ended, four and a half months ago. But none of that really matters. I mean, the Kings had that. What is it? What I think you just wrote about this. I think you just said it with thirteen and seven over the last twenty. They also had losing streaks of like eight, six, and five. Memphis has yeah, been think. the most consistent team. They just had a they had a real rocky patch where you were just kind of looking at it like, oh, they're falling, they're falling, they're falling. And then of course with you know uh, Zion coming back, Mem- uh, not Memphis, uh, Portland never getting hot, San Antonio never getting hot. It just opened the door for the Pelicans to suddenly, oh, what if we got Zion versus LeBron in the first round? Yeah, like you look at Memphis. Yeah, they were struggling. They were scuffling. They turned around and beat the Lakers. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So and, it's it, like, and that's funny. Like, the Pelicans weren't playing well before the the, the, right. the Pelicans had, like, the Pelicans, they had a couple of games where you looked at and go, dude, like, what did you just do? Like, you, they had, they, they had some bad losses in at the end of February, you know, after the All Star game, after at the, at the end of February and early March, where you just looked at and goes, dude, 
you guys might have just blown your playoff opportunity here. Right, yeah. I mean, yeah, then they had some injuries and J.J. Reddick had gotten hurt. So I was like, yeah, I said, yeah, they were, yeah, when play stopped, it wasn't like you were saying, oh, yeah, they're for sure going to get in. I think everyone wanted them to get in is yeah. what it was. Everyone wanted, you know, they wanted to see Zion and LeBron. They want to see Brandon Ingram go against the Lakers, AD go against them. They want to see that. But we've seen it before in the league plenty of times. What you want isn't always what you get because you've got to earn that spot. And at that time, play had stopped. Memphis had earned it. And I think people should be giving Memphis a lot more credit. I mean, John Morant was you know, going to be rookie of the year. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, no, you cannot give Zion rookie of the year. You can't. You can't let a guy miss 40-something games or whatever it was, 30-plus games, and give him rookies. You can't. You know, you know, you had him. Dylan Brooks had gotten better. I mean, they, they you know, they were getting good minutes from Valanchunas. I mean, I think that Memphis had earned the right to be in that spot. You know, and everyone says, well, their schedule coming up was going to be tough. You really don't know what's going to happen. What if they're going to play Boston? What if Boston sat a bunch of guys that game? Yeah. Then that tough schedule doesn't look nearly as tough anymore. All we do know is what was played already. And from what was played already, which was, to me, a substantial amount, Memphis was the eighth-best team in the Western Conference. You mentioned um, Buddy and Alex Lynn and Jabari Parker a few minutes ago. Do you think Jabari Parker actually winds up in Orlando? I still think he does. I, still, I mean, I, I, I think he does. Any added concern after the, the tennis and the – maskless photos or I don't even, I don't even think it was a being maskless. That was a concern. I think it was the fact that he was working out after testing positive when he was supposed to be, you know, letting his immune system build back up. I just, you know, I saw that and thought, ah, I wonder if they just tell him to stay home. I mean, because there's there's some things that aren't really clear, like exactly when did he test positive? Because if he never made it back to Sacramento, when they would be back in Sacramento, I believe June 22nd, Mm Mm-hmm. That, you know, so if he never made it back, that means he might have tested positive. Who knows? He said all his statements that was, you know, a few days ago. Yeah. He might have tested positive June 14th. So maybe he was okay at that point. I don't know. Yeah. You know, but I think a lot, because this thing is so new, a lot of times I think people are making assumptions, you know, well, maybe, you know, what he should or should. I, don't, I can't tell him what he should. I'm not a doctor, but I don't think that's going to prevent him from going. And, and if it was going to prevent him, the Kings would have put someone in that roster spot already. So I think they're expecting that he'll be able to get down there. And also, just because you got to look at the big picture, there's a good chance Jabari opts in for next season. Right. So yeah. if you can get him down there and at least get some work with him, because they really never got to see him after the trade. He wasn't healthy. And then when he did the one game he did play, he was like a guy who hadn't played in a month and a half, which is what he was. So I think. For, you know, just for the big picture, even though I don't think they kind of a development situation, you you don't want to alienate him. I mean, he didn't do anything illegal. And I just think right now, because there's so much, you know, angst about the virus and who has it, you know, what's going to happen. I mean, when I saw the picture, I was like, okay, he's not, you know, I said, at least he's not like playing doubles tennis and hugging people. <laughs> I said, you know, I couldn't. I, I, that wasn't the moment that got me in an uproar. I was I was more in an uproar seeing a a news report that that students at the University of Alabama with oh my gosh that that upsets me way more than Jabari Parker playing tennis at home. Right. I mean, he wasn't like in a public course with a bunch of people. He was at home, if I remember correctly. He was at home. I was okay. like, I can't. You know, I could be wrong, but it, I don't think he went to you know the local park in Chicago and gathered up. 30 kids to play with them. So mm-hmm. yeah, I can't, you know, act like that's the, like that's, you know, the worst thing ever. The, uh, the tennis thing isn't, I didn't, I've thought, man, if there's ever a social distancing sport, man, you got tennis and you got golf. My concern was <laughs> yeah. my, my concern tied along with more, which, which is a point that you brought up that I didn't think about was when did he actually test positive? Cause if he had been a few days removed from it, Maybe he was at the point where he could get out and do some physical activity. I also love that you said I'm not a doctor. Jason, I don't know if you're aware. It's a 2020. It really doesn't matter if you're a doctor or not. Everybody is going to tell you uh, the proper way to fight off this virus. So you don't have to. If you, oh, stayed, yeah. at a, if you, if you stayed at a Holiday Inn Express, man, you're in, um, you're in good shape. Um, yeah, my favorite thing right now was I work in the medical field. I'm like, bro, <laughs> you sell the block. Stop it. I oh, work in the medical man. I know. 
Okay, I I I know a doctor. It was just say that. Like I, I golf with a doctor. Uh and he told me I went to high school with a guy who became a doctor and he told me um I you, listened to Dr. Gray yesterday. Yeah. There you go. That's probably the most accurate one of all of them. Uh both Dr. Dre's, the one with Ed Lover and the one without Ed Lover. Um, yeah, and, they, and so, so that's two sources of information, and they told me. What do you think happens with Bagley down there? Like, I, I think that's been one of the most confusing. Like, what do you do with 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 Marvin Bagley when you get there? I assume he's healthy. What do they do with him? He hadn't particularly played well when he was in. Like, what do you think happens in Orlando with him? I think you bring him off the bench and hope you get some. I mean, get some minutes from him. You know, and, and one, maybe if once you're if you're eliminated, you, you maybe you play him more, but. This is a situation to be like, okay, we got a champion in the playoffs, but let's make sure Marvin gets his development time. No, we got next season for that. <laughs> yeah, was, I just think you yeah. know, yeah, because I I thought about it. Even if Marvin plays in eight games down there, that's still only eighty-one games over two seasons. Mm. So he's, you know, I I just don't think you can you you can really go down there with the idea that Marvin has to get. You know, X amount of minutes. I mean, not just. I mean, his layoff's been longer than anybody. Yeah. I but, mean, he hasn't yeah. played since January. Yeah. I mean, and you know, he can do. You know, I know he's been working out. I know, you know, his foot feels good. I've been told that he's ready to go. He wants to get out there and play. But the, you know, the fact is, you haven't played since. You know, you haven't played. You know, five on five competitive ball. You Marvin didn't like come off the bench when he came back. You know, you not. ask him about the second game. He looked at you like, 
Like it was, it was tough for him to be lumped in with the second unit. Yeah. You know, but I, I just think you, know, you, you got this is no time to care about and be catering anyone's feelings right now. You know, if 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 he's not, you know, ready to help right away, you know, he's got to watch more right now. You know, you you brought up Bogey. I'm going to give the Athletic a, a plug here, as we should do, since you're kind enough to join us from the Athletic, and give you a little preview of the the mailbag that you do there as it pertains to the Kings, because this is a question. Uh, that we've had here on the podcast, and I and I oftentimes I ask questions. I don't know the answer to them. Just throw them out there to the universe. And you actually answered this question, and I think it's a good one. It came from one of your readers. Uh, you mentioned Bogdan Bogdanovich. What is the effect of the lower salary cap that we're, you know, you spoke about how, you know, going back for money, how, you know, if the league loses money, the players lose money. We all know Adam Silver has braced us for the reduction, uh, not necessarily us, but he's braced NBA teams for the reduction <laughs> Uh, in salary cap, that's going to have a direct effect on how the Kings approach this offseason. And obviously, Bogdan Bogdanovich is a big piece of what they've got to deal with this offseason. Is there a is there suddenly a, a, a lower salary cap? Does, does there become an, an issue now with re-signing Bogey this offseason? Yeah, what it does is, it in, in terms of the max amount the Kings can offer, it lowers it because I think when you hear, when you hear a max deal, they, they see the number, but it really is is it's a it's tied to a percentage. percentage of the cap. Yeah. So that number, you know, you see a guy sign a you know a max deal one year, it might be four for one forty or whatever the case may be. But if the cap goes up, the value of that deal goes up. So a lot of you know, so Bogey definitely is going to play because he doesn't want that value number to go down. Right. Thus, thus his number goes down, and the thing is because he's restricted. Pretty much the Kings, you know, said that, you know, they were prepared to pay him upwards of 18 million a year and, and, max, and, and, and they had to match a deal. Sure. They, they have no intention. They have, they have no intention on losing him. Of, 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 they say, of losing him. They have no intention of letting him walk. Yeah. So even if he were to sign an offer sheet, they're going to match it. The, so it's just a matter of how much it'll be worth. And, and, that, and that was my question. Is there like a, like a death blow? Like, is there a number that they get back and they go, oh, Oh, I, I don't I don't know that we can match this. There, there wasn't before, but I don't think a team is going to offer him a contract that to where you would be like, there's no. I mean, he's not going to get like you know, say based on last year, he's not going to get a four year like a hundred million dollar offer. Sure. So you know, I think that's part of it too. They know that with the market, he's you know he's not going to go out there and get a max offer. And if that's the case, you're going to match whatever happens because you're not going to lose him. I think. I think the last 20 games helped his case a lot. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Because, right. You know, you, you saw what, you know, you saw what the, him playing with De'Aaron did. Uh, a lot of people forget De'Aaron loves to play in attack mode in the sense that he's not facilitating that he's just getting the ball and attacking and bogey allows him to do that. So, you know, you know, Fox's value was tied to, you know, bogey. I think in a lot of ways buddies is because, a lot of a bogey is a buddy whisperer. Mm. He can get buddy to see things that maybe buddy doesn't hear from Luke. Mm-hmm. So he works with him, and you know, I, I wrote a story about it a few months ago. How they, you know, they're they're good friends, but <laughs> bogey starting means buddy was on the bench, and they were like, "No, that's not an issue for us. That's the coaches. That's not our problem." Yeah. And if they're they're both playing, well, they're both going to play. So I think. I, you know, with, with the cap number going down, what it would probably do is it would limit maybe what other teams could offer him. But either way, I, I, I he'd still be a king. Either way, it's just a matter of what that final number will be, which we won't know until the end of all this, because if they're able to finish the season and get more of that revenue, that number, it's going to go down yeah. because of you know, losing games. But it's a matter of how much it goes down. And the good news for the Kings is the salary cap doesn't just go down for the Kings. It goes down for the rest right. of the league. So that's a positive. And two, yeah. man, if, if this all happens, Jason, and we get lucky and we get we crown an NBA champion, the turnaround is going to be insanely quick. They're going to have to announce the salary cap number, and then free agency is going to start a couple of days later. You're going to have the draft mixed up in all of this. So it's not like teams are going to really – I mean, other than the eight teams that, that don't have to go to Orlando – you're not going to have a whole ton of time to contemplate the future once all of this stuff is kind of thrown out there. Again, assuming we crown an NBA champion. Yeah, that's the thing, assuming. And yeah, assuming we get that far, the two teams that get that far, 
I expect them to look horrible for the first month of the next season. Yeah. Yeah. Right. That's a <laughs> great mean, point. That's going to be a crazy turnaround. I mean, nothing like we've ever seen. I mean, you're going to have like the finals, the draft, free agency, all within a week. It, it, yeah, it's yeah. Gonna, it, that's going to be insane. Absolutely. Yeah, insane. you know, you, know you, you you can end the season like mid October, and then like three weeks later, training like two three weeks later, you got training camp. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Jason Jones of the Athletic, man, I appreciate you so much. Thank you, my brother. No problem. Anytime. I'm really excited to. I, I love Jason, and I think we have some. Uh, I think we might have some exciting things on the way uh, with Jason Jones. So uh, stay tuned for that. Let's move on to a couple of other things before we get out of here. Uh, Ron Rivera. Yeah, I just told you how much I love Jason Jones, man. I love Cam Newton. You guys are pretty aware of that. It's probably getting embarrassing at this point how much I talk about how much I love Cam Newton. Uh, And I am rooting for Cam Newton to succeed uh, in New England. Uh, But I'm not the only one. His former head coach, uh, Ron Rivera, he's the current head coach in Washington. He's rooting for his or quarterback to play well as well. And he says he's healthy. Um, He's headed in the right direction. I mean, he's he's, he's probably about as as healthy as it gets from what I've seen on video. So I think he, I think he's ready to, 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 to bust out. I really do. I mean, I, I would never bet against the young man. That's for sure. And that's and courtesy so- of the score 670 in Washington, DC, obviously, again, I, I don't expect Ron Rivera to say anything else, man. He, he was Cam's coach his entire career. Um, I makes it, I, you know, there's so much that I forget about, you know, because the world has ended. I forget that Ron Rivera is in Washington. You know what I mean? Like there's so many things that have just kind of like, Oh yeah, I forgot about that. And you know, we were just talking about Jason. Like if we actually get an NBA season, cause I, I would think, think, think that if the NBA season kind of can get off without a hitch, that probably means the NFL is in pretty good shape. I don't know what this mean, what this is going to mean for baseball, but for some reason, I believe that if if the testing procedures that the NFL or that the NBA is utilizing, I think that the NFL is going to watch this pretty closely. Now, obviously, they can't operate in a metaphorical bubble, but they can take a lot of precautions. And with NFL players, you know, I think there's a, I don't know, man. I th- I think it might be doable, but of course, you you know, you have the same situation that you have in the NBA. It only takes one. Right. It only takes one in there. You know, I'm trying to it's like there, there are some days where I just think about the storylines of sports. And, you know, we're talking about Cam Newton in New England. And then I remember, OK, Ron Rivera's in Washington. And, you know, what is Philadelphia able to do this year? Oh, by the way, Dallas has a f- new head coach for the first time, you know, in over a decade. What does all that mean? And I want to focus and think about these storylines headed into the NFL season. And then I realize, oh, hell. What am I even thinking about this for? Like we're headed towards our second economic shutdown. Bars are closed. Like everything we're going to be at home. uh, Probably by the time you're listening to this, we might even be under an official stay at home edict from Gavin Newsom here in California. And then it all goes to hell. And I think I'm bipolar. Like this whole thing, like I might've been bipolar before. I think this whole, this, this whole coronavirus thing is, has made me bipolar or sports bipolar, maybe podcast bipolar. They're like, I'm super excited and super happy. And then the next day, it's just like, oh, crap. I'd imagine everybody is going through those those same type of emotions. Natasha Cloud, that might not be a name that you're super familiar with. Natasha Cloud is a WNBA star. She's a member of the Washington Mystics. She has decided the reigning, defending champion Washington Mystics. I say that because I have close alliances with that organization. Very good friend of their head coach, Mike Tebow. Winningest coach of all time, by the way. Sure to be a Hall of Famer. Uh, she's decided to sit out uh, the Mystics' pursuit for their second NBA championship or their second straight WNBA championship, excuse me. Uh, but an interesting little quirk to this. Natasha is actually the Kyrie Irving of the WNBA in that her, along with Renee Montgomery, along who was on an episode of Be Conscious, by the way. Actually, you heard part of the... Uh, conversation here on this podcast as well. There are a couple of players who are taking this uh, abbreviated season off. They're taking the summer off to focus on social justice initiatives. And Natasha has been a day one. Like this didn't start for Natasha at the beginning of June. This started with Natasha years ago. Uh, She has been uh, a strong voice and a strong advocate uh, in the black lives matter community. She has been a strong voice and a strong advocate in, in gun control and, and, and things of that nature. 
And but the interesting quirk is this: not necessarily that Natasha is sitting out, but Converse. Converse has decided to pay her salary this year. Her salary is a uh, hundred and seventeen thousand dollars. That's what the uh, higher tier WNBA players actually. There's a new salary structure. This might be like the second highest tier. Uh, in the WNBA, but $117,000 is her uh, salary for this upcoming season. Converse, who's a part of Nike, who she works with, has decided they're going to play that. And that's a that's a hell of a gesture from a shoe company, but it got me thinking. Will other shoe companies step up if perhaps NFL players don't want to play? If perhaps baseball players or other NBA players. We've seen NBA players. We know that DeAndre Jordan isn't going. He tested positive, and he's decided he's going to skip the whole thing. Um, and uh, there have been, you know, a handful of others that have just said, nah, Avery Bradley, uh, he was about, you know, social initiatives, but he says he's going to stay at home and be with his family. I'm curious if other, if if companies step up for, for other players. Or maybe is there a superstar big enough to where Nike says, hey, it's cool, I got gotcha. you. Or Adidas steps up and says, it's all right, take this time off. Focus on social justice. Focus on whatever you want to focus on. Focus on your health. Focus on your family. We'll take care of you. I think this is an awesome gesture uh, by Converse, and I think it's awesome uh, what Natasha Cloud is doing. I'm a big fan of hers if you're not familiar with her. Full disclosure, I hate saying this stuff because it's probably you know not going to go well. Given the fact that she's not playing, the access to her is going to be a little bit more difficult. But I did reach out to my friends at the Washington Mystics in hope of getting Natasha Cloud on a future episode of be conscious. Uh, but if you're not familiar with her, uh, look her up. Her work is, is, is pretty awesome. It's pretty commendable. Uh, she does some really great stuff. And thank you so much for tuning in today. As always, I thank you for some of the new reviews that have popped up uh, over on Apple podcast. Uh, if you can rate us, that would be great. The fifth star. If you think we're worth it, if not, Hey, I'll earn that fifth star, man. Just keep tuning in. Keep coming back. Uh, we got a show every single day that we post right around seven o'clock. We try to post it before 7 a.m. each and every single morning. If you are itching for some more content, check out patreon.com slash Damien Barling. Of course, that is the home of Be Conscious and our weekly wrestling podcast. And speaking of, the new episode of Relive is available for you right now. Eddie Guerrero versus Brock Lesnar at No Way Out in 2004. Go check out that episode here to get you through the rest of your day. And we'll see you here tomorrow on the podcast with Damien Barling.